0: and welcome to episode 27 of No Crying in Baseball. It's Jackie Robinson Day, where all of Major League Baseball does this really cool thing where all players wear number 42 on their jerseys, which is a great, great symbol and also a little confusing to those of us watching the games, and a little offensive if what you've done is put the number 42 on the side of a Chief Wahoo cap. I couldn't fucking believe that when you posted that today. My name's Patty, and I'm here with my foul mouth friend, Potty
1: Mouth, or my Potty Mouth friend. Yeah, you know, you know who she is. Well, part of my foul mouth heritage is my ties to Boston. And I want to say that it's also Boston Strong Day today. So the anniversary of the Boston Marathon bombing, when after at the Red Sox game right afterwards, David Ortiz famously went out and said, "Uh, this is our fucking city. And I just found out today, mind you, that the somebody asked the FCC chairman, was he ever fined? And he wasn't. And he said, Uh, My first thought was, no fucking way are we going to punish this. And beyond (laughs) that, he got David Ortiz to sign him to autograph him a baseball, and he wrote fucking awesome on the baseball. So, yes, David Ortiz wrote fucking awesome to the head of the FCC, who did not fine him for saying, this is our fucking city. I am so glad the FCC doesn't pay attention
0: to us because we would go broke very quickly.
1: And we've been watching baseball live in person together, which has been great fun. And our first giveaway was, oh, well, actually, we've had two giveaways already, opening day T-shirts and then last Friday night was Sean Doolittle bobblehead I night. I love the bobbleheads so very much. So very much. And I just want to shout out to one of our wonderful fans, Debbie, who's our faithful reposter of everything on Facebook. I got you a Doolittle bobblehead. Oh, I hope she's happy about that. We missed you on Saturday,
0: though, Potty Mouth. You didn't get to go to the game where we all wore shorts during the day in the sunshine. And they won. Like, and- I have not been to a winning game game. I, I'm worried about that. I'm thinking you might not be allowed to go with us anymore. That would suck. Well, I gotta say, I started working on making some emergency backup friends in case that happens. <laughs> Great in our section because now that we have season Ouch. tickets, we get to you know get to know the people that sit around us. All right, that so, works. Well, you know, you'll get to come at least once, and we'll do a trial <laughs> thing and see how we went. And I get to introduce you to my new friends, one of whom's name is Davis. Davis sat was two seats away from me with a scorebook in his lap. Good and sign. I really like people who keep a book at Mm -hmm. the game. I think it's cool. So I asked him, I said, are you doing this because it's fun? Are you doing this to practice? And he's like, well, it helps me stay engaged with the game. And I get that because I've done that with travel team softball and that kind of thing in the past. Not very good at it, but I think it's fun. And then he tells me this awesome story about his grandparents who were Minnesota Twins fans. Grandparent stories are the best. They are the best. Go call your grandparents. His grandfather would go to work every day. The ball games were on during the day while he was at work, so his grandmother would keep the book. She'd listen to the game on the radio, keep the book of the game. When her husband would come home after his day of work, she'd hand him the score sheet and say, this is what you missed. Hey, maybe I can swing that
1: arrangement. Quit my work. Stay home every day. <laughs> You're and gonna score have to learn the key husband. book. I gotta
0: say. So turns out this guy has friends at the had friends at the game. So I got to meet them too, and they all play at a band at George Washington University. And I learned this because they stood up and gave a standing ovation when the when the Washington Nationals organist was
1: announced. <laughs> so I think we're gonna have fun with these guys. That um, I can't wait to get back. So we've been keeping track of our boyfriends beyond just our home team Nationals. I just want to say, just do not call my boyfriends a motherfucker. That and is do, so out of bounds. Do not call my boyfriend a motherfucker twice, which is apparently what Tori Lavulo did to Yadier Molina, my Cardinals catcher, amazing boyfriend. Lavulo doesn't deny it. Tell us so, who Lavulo is. Tori Lavulo, manager of the D backs, playing against the Cardinals. Uh, came out to argue balls and strikes with the umpire, which is never a good idea to begin with. And apparently his beef about the the way that the pitch was called was that Molina had framed it so that it should have been a ball but was called a strike. That's his job. He's a really good catcher. That's what really good catchers do. Exactly. So there's the problem. And Lavulo even understands that or acknowledges that because he said... I respect him on that level. He's getting special things because he's that good.
0: Is so, it special if you're doing your job well?
1: I don't know. Yeah. So I think Molina deserves a little bit of credit for this. Of course, he got a suspension, too, because of the interaction. But he's come back since then. And uh, his last home run was celebrated with a conga line in the dugout. When he <laughs> went running through the dugout to get all the high fives, there joined a line behind him that grew and grew.
0: I think we should like float conga line as an idea for home run trots. Hey, I we could practice would be fun. here. I do not like this idea of managers of the opposing team calling out players that aren't their players to manage, a player on the team that they are playing. That was not cool for um, Lavulo to call Molina you know, a name that I can't say because I am not a potty mouth. Similar thing happened to my boyfriend, Javier Baez. The Cubs were playing Pittsburgh, and Javi was having a good game, two home runs in that game. Two home runs. Wow. Uh, They had back-to-back games with two home runs in each game. So he's on a streak, right? Nice. He hits a terrible, stupid pop fly. Hates it. Mad at himself. Starts going on the first baseline. Flips his bat, but not just like your regular bat flip. Super high in the air. Pretty dangerous. Not one of those, oh, you know, let him just be Javi and have some fun. It's like a dangerous bat flip. That's where it's a bad idea. He felt bad later. He said that one of his teammates came up to him on the deck and saying, You can't do that. We don't do that, which he appreciated. He liked that, you know, the, the self-policing by his teammates. He, he would have been okay if Joe Madden told him, mm-hmm. We don't do that. But what happened was Clint Hurdle, the manager of the of, of Pittsburgh. Said that he's got no respect for the game. That Bias has no respect for the game. That is not his thing to say, and it's way out of line. It is completely way out of line. Javi works hard. He plays hard. He's he's terrific. He's got a good he's got good enthusiasm. He's aware when he did something that was a, was bad for like mm-hmm. kids who are watching. He said so, and it, it's just not his place to do it. And I don't like it.
1: Yeah, and when it's a specific incident, yeah, maybe criticize that incident. But he's been playing for a while, and he's shown his dedication beyond dedication right? to the game last year. So that's ridiculous. Sure enough, let's let's talk about some happy news. Happy news! One of my ex boyfriends, Joe Mauer of the Twins, reached two. Yeah, the old ex boyfriend thing. I Did just, you
0: guys agree just to be friends? What happened?
1: Yeah, I, I I think he if unless he's been claimed by somebody else on our fantasy baseball league, maybe I can sort of keep him as the boyfriend title, but, you know, if somebody else has claimed him, I, ha- I it was sad to let him go. He's just a fond is, memory now. He is the old dependable one, but, you know, maybe this says a little bit of something also about why he didn't make my final cut because he's kind of the mellow guy. He got to 2,000 hits, no big deal. His hit number two thousand looks identical to his first hit when you look at them side by side. That is pretty consistent. And I'm going to have to look at that again so that i can I can post it because it's pretty amazing to watch. And he was very bashful about the reaction from the the fans. And when he went back out on the field and he got a standing ovation, he said it was his most awkward time, the most awkward feeling he's had on the field. I don't think he likes all the adoration, but he's gonna have a lot because he's only the third twin to have done this behind Kirby Puckett and Rod Carew. Wow. wow, Well, Well, we congratulate him. I hope he doesn't blush when he hears us congratulate
0: him. I have a couple of boyfriend highlights. I'm thinking about boyfriends that are on teams that are kind of in some slides right now. I want to highlight really good things about teams that are having kind of a bad time. That sounds like good policy. One of these things is my Padres boyfriend, Austin Hedges, who's the catcher for the Padres. Made a spectacular double play. Yes, you heard me say a catcher made a spectacular double play. That's crazy. It started with this huge, completely laid out diving catch of of you know of a pop fly, and then he you know threw it to first and got the runner and back to first base from sitting down in the dirt. On he made his that throw ass. on yeah. his ass. Made the throw to first,
1: and that layout was crazy. He looked like an outfielder, but he's got all this heavy equipment on him, and you'd think that would make it a little diff- difficult to catch some air. You got a in the drag. Look at you yeah. with the science. I like that. I'm learning from this podcast. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. My
0: Royals boyfriend, Mustakas, our friend the old guy, right? 12 hits already. He's doing fantastic. He's got the team-leading average of, of 345, which is pretty good. As, good anyway, but also way above everybody else on the, the yeah, floundering Royals. I wonder Royals. what
1: number two is.
0: <laughs> but the thing you want, you got to see, and we'll go ahead and post this clip, he hit a home run in the snow—it's a beautiful. I think it should be like a, a snow dome, like a little holiday card or a snow dome or That's something. That's a great idea. The New Mistake Englander is like you know hitting one out of the park with the snow swirling all around him. The last boyfriend I want to talk about. Well, we say that pitchers can't be boyfriends, but I picked Carrasco from from my fantasy team, Carrasco of the Indians. You get him. Had a complete game. And the cool thing about that for me, I'm just going to brag a little bit, hmm. that's three complete oh, yeah. games I forgot about on this. my <laughs> pitching staffs so far. Two on the Indians alone, right? Kluber and Carrasco. And then, of course, Max Scherzer, who, oh, yeah, by the way, stole second base this week. So,
1: yay. Yeah, you have some mighty fine boyfriend pitching. I do. That is undoubtable. I do. And I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. On the flip
0: side, we kind of need our, our own little uh, boyfriend injury list. Oh my god, it's
1: really sad. And these and boyfriends that I especially feel attached to, my Pookie Mookie Betts from the Boston Red Sox hit his foot, his toe. He's on the DL for I'm I'm not sure. I think it's still day to day. And then Charlie Blackman's been on and off, and then but when he came back on, he's been well on as an on the team. Home run, right? That two. you saw, and I, I did not. I saw two, in fact, two two
0: uh, games in a row. He homered. Yep.
1: Oh, damn. Yep. But uh, Salvi Salvador Perez of the Royals. I I'm following his Instagram, and he said he's going to be back soon. So I'm hoping that means real soon because my team number two is tanking, <laughs> tanking.
0: I'm sorry to hear that. Well, my my boyfriend of all boyfriends, Anthony Rendon, third base for the Nationals hit a foul ball off of his foot, off his big toe. He's day-to-day, but it's been for days now, so I'm a little worried that this day-to-day thing That just, has got
1: to hurt I, like hell. Yeah,
0: they said you know, he didn't break anything, but it's still, it hurts too much, and eh, they're unwilling to put him on the DL, so that's a good sign, I think. In the meantime, Logan Forsythe of the Dodgers, Jonathan Scope of, of the Orioles, have this oblique strain thing, so I think maybe yoga would... Yeah, well,
1: that's, that's the side abdominal muscles, right? Yeah, the so... Obliques, I'm yeah. pretty sure.
0: All right, so is that, that that's pilates or yoga or is, what, what's going to help them? I don't know. And then um, Elvis Andrus had a nasty, uh, he, his elbow broken, I believe. It, so, yeah. so he's, Oh, that's
1: bad news. He is out for a while. So, yeah, we have a, quite the DL going among all of our boyfriends. Wait, th- is he going to affect one of your teams? Do you have Andrus now? No, he's actually, technically
0: he's a former boyfriend because I allowed the children to draft him. Oh,
1: so now they must
0: suffer. Well, see, it turned out okay for me, but not so good for Elvis Andrus. I don't want to be that person who says, oh, it's fine because he's not not on my team anymore. No, no, no.
1: Elvis, we hope you feel better really, really
0: soon. Hockey playoffs started this week. Stanley Cup playoffs, the first round. Okay, playoffs last for frickin' ever, but baseball is doing its part to kind kind of ease the transition You know how they did that? The first two bench-clearing brawls of the season happened this week in honor of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah,
1: that's really crazy. I'm announcing the MLB at the UFC, the fights. First, it was Padres against the Rockies. Padres Luis Perdomo throws behind Nolan Arenado, who takes exception with it, charges the mound. And and then Perdomo throws his glove and hits uh, Arenado with his glove.
0: Can I just say, I've seen clips of this happening, and I agree with, with SB Nation when they give Arenado's hair the MVP of the brawl, because he's got mad flow when he charges the mound. You
1: know, I was just thinking they could just slow that down and turn it into a shampoo commercial. That would be that little <laughs> clip when he's charging the mound. Y'all have to look at that. Because... He is bouncing and behaving. That's all I got to say about <clears throat> it. Mm-hmm. So then, Dugout's empty. Everybody's got to defend their guy. There's the old brawl. And there were a couple of other ejections. Rocky's left fielder, Gerardo Parra, punched catcher A.J. Ellis of the Padres in the face. And Ellis also Parra got ejected. Ellis also got ejected for retaliating. Man, you get for, punched for receiving in the punch? Yeah, you get punched in the face. You would think uh, you would get a little bit of a blank slate, but get a pass, no. but no. no. No pass. Also, the Rockies, this is another amusing one. The Rockies starting pitcher, who was not on the mound at the time. He was in the in the dugout, German Marquez. He when things calmed down a little bit, he threw a towel in. Just to, to rile things up again. I'm not quite sure how a towel did that. And even your boyfriend. It was who, an
0: angry, angry towel. It was an
1: angry towel. And your your boyfriend is on the same wavelength as you, Austin Hedges. He said that was weird. <laughs> Definitely weird. So with, when you have these brawls, it's sort of like the three stages thing. There's- Like the, denial, anger- Right, the, acceptance. You know, I think that's all mixed up in all of these stages, because what I'm thinking is the middle stage is the brawl stage. I never start from the beginning. So starting in the middle, you have the brawl. And then you have to go back what happened before the brawl to instigate, to, to set the stage. And then you want to know what happened afterwards. So I've got a teeny bit of behind the brawl. The Rockies reliever, Scott Oberg, had hit a couple of padres uh, the day before He hit center fielder Manuel Margot so hard that he had a huge contusion, I think, on his ribs, talking about that, like being welted by a fastball. And he got put on the DL. And then in the last series against him, he, I guess, a pitch of his got up by the face of Christian Villanueva. And then that very game in the retaliatory thing, uh, the previously mentioned towel guy, Rockies pitcher Marquez, hit Padre's Hunter Renfro on the wrist, which is also a bad thing in the second inning. So Perdomo had hit your boyfriend, Trevor Story, in the second inning before all this happened, and then that sets the stage. The The third act, I don't know so much. Do you, you know something about— uh, So I know that Arenado yeah. and Pado both got five-game
0: suspensions— Arenado didn't fight it. I think he thought about fighting it for a second, but then didn't. So we did not actually There's great footage. see him play. <laughs> Bouncing and behaving hair. You're pretty obviously involved in the brawl. So he he did not play when I saw him on Saturday, but Parda did. So I think is, um is uh, appealing the decision. So we'll find out what happens there. And I know there were some others, but I just didn't keep track because it didn't
1: affect me. Yeah. That, so the fighting, our boyfriends have not been totally directly affected. Like, I don't think we've had any boyfriends who've been instigators or being kicked out. We don't hang out with those kinds of boys. Maybe that's it. I have a couple who would be questionable. But speaking of boys that I'm attached to or boyfriends that I'm attached to, Red Sox, I would take a whole team of boyfriends if I could. Yankees brawl, classic. And I am about to report this in the most unbiased of fashions. You can trust me. No, not really. Yeah. So fucking Yankee Tyler Austin cleats up Slides into second, and his cleats hit Holt, Brock Holt, second baseman for the Red Sox, and Holt wasn't near second base. So this is my totally unbiased view of this slide, that when your cleats are up and hitting the guy's shin and it's not near second base, there's a problem there. Apparently Brock Holt said something, which he actually says that he regrets. Who knows what it was? It's between Austin and Holt. He says, hit me in the shin with your cleats. I dare you. Yeah. And then regrets it. <laughs> Maybe that. Yeah. He said it was something I shouldn't have. So everybody gets up. all will rise, not for judge, just for this potential conflict. And then I'll sit again. Then in the seventh inning, Joe Kelly drills Tyler Austin in the elbow. Relief pitcher, Yeah. Uh, Yes. Yeah. And actually, this is it was a long game, as all Red Sox Yankees games are. But this one particularly long because in the first inning, David Price, our starting pitcher, who we thought was going to just rock this game, had a weird sensation in his hand. And he was pulled in the first inning. So, yeah, bunch of relief pitchers. And there had been at least one, maybe two before Kelly. Heath Embry, I know, was before him. But Kelly's the guy who apparently takes it into his own hands. If I'm talking as a Yankees fan, which is something very difficult to do, well, can't picture that. They they would say that he is going for retribution, and he drills. Uh, The thing is, Austin had already been up, and Henry didn't drill him, so people thought maybe it's over. And that's usually
0: when it happens, like right away. So it's clear why why it's happening.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then you'd think Kelly would have done it on his first pitch but he didn't i think it was even a 2-1 count or something like that where he finally hit him um and then austin takes exception and charges the mound and kelly kind of gets into this crouch and kind of beckons him toward him like yeah come, come get Annie me bro. yeah and his, <laughs> and his quote afterwards was of course i was just defending myself somebody comes into your backyard you have dogs in your backyard if the da- back if the dogs a, you know attack the person coming in they have reason to so you're coming up to my mound you're standing there i'm a dog yeah he looked pretty like ready to fight and actually i just today saw on my feed there are now joe kelly fight club (laughs) t-shirts you can get one uh, Austin also said he was trying to defend himself, and that's why he ended up hitting the Red Sox third base coach by accident. Because apparently Judge was holding Kelly, and he was trying to hit Kelly, and instead of hitting Kelly, he hit. The and Red judge Sox came in over- like
0: a head taller than everybody else. Like, come on, kids, break it up! Come yeah, on, kids, he was get definitely my lawn. like he was
1: like the teacher, and all <laughs> yeah. these kids like scrambling at <laughs> recess fighting. Uh, so. Back to the second stage of the game, the ejections. The Yankees' third base coach was yelling into the dugout, apparently. And there is some footage of Cora looking displeased and dismissing him. But uh, I can sort of understand why that would happen. Um, and a relief pitcher from the Yankees who yelled in an who's trying to restrain him. Apparently, also, a lot of guys who were on the DL were fined because they came. Even though they're on the DL, they can fight. So... <laughs> Three Red Sox and one Yankees. Sabathia. DL as a term takes... is kind of suspect these days, I'm right. thinking. So, what is injured? Not their fists. Um, Pedroya, I'm not surprised at all from the Red Sox, our second baseman, our shortstop, Xander Bogarts, and Marco Hernandez, utility guy. All fine. And David Price, the guy who exited in the first inning, says Red Sox, Yankees, that's what everybody wants. That's what they got. Post uh, situation, Pedro Martinez. Uh, says that the only thing he would have done different than Cully or Hembree is he would have hit him on the first pitch. So he was actually, there you go, calling it intentional. But you're going to trust the guy who pushed down the Yankees' 72-year-old manager back in the day? Not so much. I don't know. Okay, final final, um, piece on this, which you might appreciate because it has to do with hockey. I love hockey. The night after the game... Kelly goes to the hockey game with actually a couple of other Red Sox pitchers. Not only do they recognize him, they put the fight on the jumbotron. Would this
0: be the Bruins Maple Leafs
1: game? This would be Bruins Maple Leafs playoffs, which the Bruins won by the way. And uh, so they put it on the ju- jumbotron. Card- crowd goes wild. Oh, I obviously need a sip of beer to clear my throat. Mm. Crowd goes wild, and they give Kelly a standing O.
0: Hockey to hockey. I like this story. I do have a policy question, though. When there are bench-clearing brawls that happened in the middle of the field, do they count as multiple mound visits?
1: I don't think so, because the pitcher's coming off his mound to get to the
0: fight. So. No, that's okay. He can do that. All that's right. still a mound visit. Oh, oh I, I think it's like 47 for each of them. That, Yikes. That's, let's call that. So if a pitcher hits a batter, it's a bench-clearing brawl. If a pitcher gets hit, by a line drive coming straight at him from the batter. It's just scary as all get out. Our terrifying. Pal, terrifying. So our terrifying. pal Jordan Zimmerman, formerly of the Nationals, now of the Tigers, got hit full in the face by a 105 mile per hour line drive off the bat of Kipnis. And of, survived? Of the Indians. He was flattened, man. Oh, he my was God. flat on the ground. Everybody's taken a knee. I think for a brief moment, everybody thought he was dead. He got up and walked off the field under his own power says I'll, I'll make my next start. Don't worry. 105 miles an hour in the jaw. He's got a bruise, and that's, that's it. Amazing. So years ago, when he was in college, he was hit in the exact same place, and that time, oh, maybe they, you know, did some like Bionic Man thing there. That's what I was I'm just wondering, wondering about, about that. Maybe that was a. Maybe that was it. But at, at that time, he his jaw was broken. He had to have his jaw wired shut, and he pitched. With his jaw wired shut, Holy so, shit. so so That's so Jay Zim is is pretty cool right now, but he's not the only super cool pitcher we're talking about today.
1: Oh, Tani, watch! It, it, not just a pitcher anymore. So uh, actually, it's the hitting that we want to talk about. He got a triple against the Royals. His first triple, I guess he got tired of hitting home runs. Too much damn work all the way around the bases. And then he gave his bat to this little kid who asked for it, I, I guess repeatedly, right?
0: Repeatedly. See, I, see, as a parent, I wouldn't reward that kind of behavior, but it was kind of adorable that he did.
1: Yeah, and I think he was very clear, like, kids out there, I'm not going to be giving out any more bats. This is my <laughs> one and only. Here you go, kid. Only the first squeaky wheel gets one.
0: I thought it was pretty hilarious that the royals intentionally walked Otani. They, they were so afraid of his bat that they just put him on base, without took the bat out of his hand, which turned out to be a, a smart thing because his next at bat, he did, in fact, hit a home run. So maybe they saved one that That's way. That's just wild. I appreciate a good streak. I love it when a team wins a whole bunch of things in a row or a player hits safely in a bunch of games or steals a base in a bunch of games, all that stuff. Except. But, <laughs> except as a Nats fan, I have to yeah. say thank you to the Brewers for beating the Mets and kind of resetting their streak so they can start counting over again from one instead of from 12, 11. It was a lot. It was a lot. Now, because the streak that they went on, the Mets were surprising everybody with how good they were. They Well, they are, hopefully we can say worse soon, how good they are. That 538, my favorite nerdy website, said that they now have a 50% chance of making the playoffs whereas when the season started it was more like 24% but hey. now i have a whole grain of salt thing going with 538 because they had a quiz about since the us team is not playing in the World Cup, it helps you decide what team to root for. So I went through this 538 quiz, and it turns out I'm supposed to root for South Korea. I don't know that that's going to happen, so I don't don't know how much I want to
1: believe that the Mets have a 50% chance of making the playoffs. But there you have it. And we can't wait to the World Cup because that's going to be way after the playoffs. So I guess we'll see if the reverse holds true. I just want to add an extra thank you to the Brewers as a Red Sox fan. So now that the Red Sox have the best record— in the in the league and also in a lot, a lot of Red Sox history. So I'm <laughs> excellent.
0: Excited. We
1: have a tiny
0: little bit of Jeter hate because we took last week off from that to just pick on Gabe Kepler for a while. Then we should have double. Well, I got three. Oh good. I got three. So that's, that's that, pretty that should count. Maybe we maybe we're gonna go one ahead. So fan of the podcast, Maureen, who has told us that her husband is not allowed to listen to the podcast while driving because it's dangerous for him, made sure that I knew about this, which is we talked a while back about how Miami-Dade County is suing the former owner of the Marlins because of breach of contract. They made the sweet deal with him to build the stadium in Miami-Dade County, and he was supposed to do some like profit sharing with them, and he never did. So they're in a lawsuit with him. And additionally, the current Marlins ownership is sucked into this lawsuit. I don't quite understand why, but I don't need to. But the important thing here is they're trying to get themselves removed from it by saying this county-level court can't, doesn't have any jurisdiction over them because one of the owners is part owner in a corporation. It's like six levels up. That's based in the British Virgin Islands. Therefore, they're an international corporation. This a baseball team that plays in Miami-Dade County. So is
1: the dude on the beach? It's, like, with the margarita in his it, hand? It's almost a dude on the beach.
0: So the so the the, the Marlins man, you know, our, our favorite guy who keeps poking at, at Jeter, yep. went to the British Virgin Islands to track down this office of this company that apparently owns his baseball team. It's a post office box. That's some good detective work. Absolutely. Jeter also has decided that when his Marlins go up north to play his Yankees, he's not going to attend because
1: that would be awkward. Oh, it would be so much fun. Come on, Jeter. Just I, go. Know, that, I, I would love I to see that. I also find
0: it kind of hilarious that an owner feels a need to announce whether or not he's going to go to his team's game, right? Like, who cares? Really? I don't know. My last thing is just, it's some math. It's very easy math. It's a greater than sign of math. The Marlins AA affiliate in Jacksonville
1: currently has a higher attendance than the Miami Marlins. And they don't even have a sculpture. Or Latin Music Night? Some, some more good news or happy uh, new record news for this week. Blue Jays' Roberto Chufo Suna has gotten 100 saves at the age of 23 years and 62 days, making him the youngest player ever in MLB to get that mile mark. He's beating the record of Francisco Queirod Rodriguez, who got 100 saves at 24 years, 246 days, so quite a bit older, really, and it was in 2006. And then, of course, we have that record to chase, which is Mariano Rivera, number 42 also. Uh, He was the last 42 before it was retired. retired. Um, He had 652 saves with the Yankees, so Osuna, let's see if he can get there. It'll be a while, but we have confidence. I have two quick fun facts. One is
0: that two Giants prospects who play at the high A San Jose Giants, that, that level, both of them hit for the cycle in the same Game. Oh
1: my God, that is crazy Isn't that math. That's that is really crazy cool. That the propor not proportion, the probability. The probability. That's so weird. Look I at you with the math a math terms. Word, so that I means have, our producer will not be happy. I have one the probability is crazy.
0: And the last thing is also math, which we've been talking about. Home runs going crazy last year, and the balls being weighed differently, and all of this. Air resistance is up slightly in twenty parks, which means home runs are actually down. By 14%, unless you're Bryce Harper. I don't know how. I don't know why. But stay tuned. We'll figure it out for you.
1: More science later. But this past weekend, we had a really exciting thing happening with MLB Encouraging Girls Baseball. The Trailblazer series for 100 girls ages 11 to 13 happened in Compton, California, And this was a really big deal. It was girls, and their quote was, which is a little weird, from U.S., Canada, and Puerto Rico.
0: Wait a minute. Puerto Rico is part, never mind. Yeah,
1: so, but these are girls who are sort of they play baseball, and there aren't a lot of no, girls. No, no, girls play softball. It's a thing. These girls play baseball. I love and that. And so they've busted their way into Little leagues. So usually at home, they're the girl on the team who is playing baseball and has had to prove herself over years to be at that level. And so it's an interesting thing what these girls are saying now is that being there this weekend with these other hugely high high-caliber high caliber girls – is more challenging than where they're at home playing with the boys. Fun fact. Oh, I have another fun fact. This one's personal. My girl
0: is going to start coaching a little league team of eight-year-old boys and one girl. So I'm curious to see what having a female coach does for for that makeup.
1: Maybe she'll stick with it because these Trailblazer series, which it sounds like this is second annual, so hopefully it's going to continue. And this is MLB's attempt I don't know. It's maybe it's not their idea, but there are a bunch of different girls baseball organizations around the country that are finally coming together under the umbrella of MLB. Cuz
0: they've all been kind of independent up till now, right? Yeah, that's yeah. what
1: it seems like anyway and just few and far between. And uh they're doing it right. They had some impressive guests including the two-time softball Olympian Jenny Finch back when there was softball in the Olympics another story. There were three of our no crying in baseball league of our own women from the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League and then there were women in In business in MLB, there aren't a lot, but we've talked about them before on this podcast, like Haley Alvarez with the scouting. She wasn't there, but other people in similar positions were there representing the fact that there are women working in MLB. So this seems like a great thing to get started. Um, It'll be interesting to see how this flows into the Women's Baseball World Cup in August. That's happening in Florida. And there's actually another camp coming I think in May, that's the first annual, and unlike this Trailblazers, and I think it's for a wider age range of girls. So we have to really start following girls' baseball closely on this podcast, and we will be girls into women's baseball, and we're going to be supporting this effort. You mentioned Puerto Rico. I think something cool is happening in Puerto Rico, maybe starting in a couple days. With a team that you care a lot about. Might that be
0: the Indians? I love the Indians. That might be the Indians. Mr.
1: Smile, Francisco Lindor. He's excited. He's excited about this because of going back to Puerto Rico. And his friends and family can actually all con- come see him, which is which is amazing. Um, this is the first time that Major League Baseball has been there since 2010. And it's happening the 17th and 18th, right around when this podcast should be dropping. And it, for Lindor, he actually said that it's a dream come true to be able to do this.
0: That's so great. I can't wait to watch this. It's the Indians playing the Twins. Yeah, and it counts as
1: Twins home games. I'm not quite sure why, but... And I've seen some promos for this where they're talking about how
0: this is one of Major League Baseball's ways of helping to build up the baseball capacity again that was destroyed with the hurricane.
1: You know, and I think it's really notable to say that MLB has done an incredible amount on recuperation and and aid for the damage of the hurricane. Probably we should compare this more than the government at this point, but the amount that we've reported on and much more stuff – We'll see what kind of impact that has.
0: We'll get a look at it
1: Tuesday and Wednesday
0: night when we see some games broadcast from Puerto Rico. The other thing that I want to talk about that's actually in the, in the past week leading into this week. Oh, wait. Aren't <laughs> we out of time? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, no. I want to talk about the biggest change in our fantasy baseball, okay, that boyfriend good. baseball league, um, that the changes in the standings. And I want to give a shout out to the Tacoma Park Sox team. Hi, who's honey. Finally out of the basement and now tied with the team called The Kids. In sixth place. There's other stuff that I want to hear about, but I want
1: Potty Mouth to tell it. Say it so out loud. This potty is mouth. my job. Say it out so loud. So I have to do it. I have to say. And I knew that my gloating was oh, over. Get I it. tried to. I get tried to, to it. gloat as much as I could. But you are. You are not only in first place. You are in first place with one of your teams. Who am I beating? And then you're beating me, who's Yay! in second place. But I'm beating the other you, who's in third place. And then Who's in... beating the other you, who's way in the basement now. Yeah, my my other team is last, dead last place. So and tell
0: it's... us the top four. Tell, and... Just say it one more time, All clearly, right. the top four.
1: Because number four, I think you're waiting out there. Hopefully you're listening and you're waiting for this. Number one is you, number two is me, number three is you, and number four is our Venezuelan team, Vino Tinto, Alberto, you got it. Hang in there.
0: The season is long, but we're going to gloat while we can. Please listen to us, subscribe to us, review us, tell your friends about us, and until we see you again, say
1: goodnight, Potty Mouth. Goodnight, Potty Mouth.
0: Can't force the egg.